Welcome to Aging Faithfully. I'm Claudia Griggs, Clergy Associate for Christian Formation. For those of us age 60 and older, retirement from actively following Jesus is not an option. We still have more learning and growing to do as his disciples. We also have a responsibility to share with those younger than us what we've learned about living a faithful life and to serve our community using the skills we've acquired professionally and personally over the previous decades. In our three-part podcast series, each of our speakers brings deep experience and knowledge to help us rediscover our value before God and His purposes for us at this stage in our lives. In Julia Sprunt Grumble's talk, she'll help us grasp the importance of putting to good use the wisdom and experience we've acquired over the years. Julia is a former corporate vice president for Turner Broadcasting System. She served and continues to serve on boards, councils, and committees, particularly for her alma mater, the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like I should start my remarks by saying, Terrell, I will cede my time to you. (laughs) Wasn't he amazing? And I just told him it was like God was using him to speak so directly to me and to my heart. And And I'm sure that's the same with you because that's who our God is. And um, so, Terrell, thank you. Thank you really very much. So I'll start with just saying um, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm sorry that Claudia is not here. She's been a dear friend of mine for quite some time. We met through her husband. I'm sure you know uh, Gil. And then we, she and I have become even closer friends through healing ministry. Uh, that was something that was so new to me and um, and now it's not so new to me. So that is a real deep connection I have with Claudia. Um, and she has taught me so much about the healing ministry. So I'll start with saying good morning and hello, fellow baby boomers. Um, because this conference is about aging, why not start with a few aging quotes? Old age comes at a bad time. <laughs> Inside every older person is a younger person wondering what happened. (laughs) Phyllis Diller said, I am at that age where my back goes out more than I do. (laughs) And I love it. The younger generation wouldn't know who Phyllis Diller was. (laughs) Your pastor wouldn't know, probably. Um, Sorry he wasn't here to hear that. Uh, George Burns said, uh, nice to be here. At my age, it's nice to be anywhere. (laughs) And then another one said, you spend, we spend, 90% of our adult life hoping for long rest. And then the last 10% of our time trying to convince the Lord that you're actually not that tired. (laughs) Um, There are so many of them. Oh, this is a good one. I was thinking about how people seem to read the Bible a lot more as they get older. And then it dawned on me, they're cramming for their final exam. (laughs) (laughs) And then Joan Rivers said, looking uh, looking 50 is great if you're 60. (laughs) 
And then time may be a great healer, but it's a lousy beautician. Okay, it's been said about our generation, we are better educated, we have more disposable income than any previous generation, and that enables more leisure time, second homes, more accumulated family wealth for future generations, we have more longevity, and on and on. There is so much data and tons of opportunities for us to think as believers how we live our lives going forward, how we figure out what retirement looks like, how to show families, neighbors, friends, researchers that we just might have a different view, a different perspective, and perhaps a different way to live our retirement years. I plan to take the next 15 or 20 minutes to share with you a few lessons and actually revelations that I have experienced along the way since I retired in 2001. I was 47 then, and I'm now 69. I will begin with my decision to retire. When my husband retired at 50, and at 50, you think you're old, <laughs> we wish, so he wanted me to retire because he wanted to travel, he wanted to try out uh, new restaurants, spend more time with family who lived out of town, you know, the usual sort of things. And he kept bugging me with the question, when was I going to retire? And my answer was something like, well, I don't know, but I'll just know when it's the right time. And he would, of course, roll his eyes because he knew that I loved my job, and I did. And so he said to me, Julia, I can just see you now. You'll be a little old lady with a hair and a little bun tied to your head riding Marta bus to work every day. And he wasn't wrong. I mean, I was kind of thinking, well, you may be right. I didn't tell him that. So at this point in my life, I was a believer, and I'd been praying for about a year a prayer and the prayer was that I wanted intimacy with God. I thought it was a good prayer. It sounded good. I'd probably heard a preacher say it, or maybe I'd read it in a book. And so I was praying that. So there was a, uh, I was 47, and Bill and I um, were headed on safari in Africa. I was going to take two weeks off, which was very rare for me. So at the Atlanta airport, I was looking for a book to read, and they had this sort of small, big print, sort of hallmarky book, and it was called The Prayer of Jabez, and it was advertised, oh, read this, and your life will be rich and, and, and uh, embellished, and wonderful things will happen. So I thought, okay, it's short, and I'll, I'll buy it, and I'll read it on the airplane. And The Prayer of Jabez is a simple prayer. I think there's only one verse. And it goes something like this. Jabez called on God to bless him, to enlarge his territory, oh boy, and to protect him. So I rather casually added that to my prayer. So while on safari, I got a call from my office, and I knew it was not going to be good news. So my husband went with me, and I had to call my office on what uh, it was called a um, satellite phone, and literally it was about the size of that piano. So as I'm waking up my assistant in the middle of the night to find out what was going on, I told her to be quick. She said, um, Ted Turner is out, 
a guy from L.A. who was running the WB network was going to move to Atlanta and be the new chairman and CEO of Turner Broadcasting. And I'd been with the company over 20 years. So I hung up this clunky satellite phone receiver, and I looked at my husband, and I said, that's my son. When I go back to Atlanta, I'm going to resign. So my decision was quick, it was sure, and yet it was unplanned. I had not anticipated retirement. I had not thought about what I was going to do next. I had no clue how to best navigate and negotiate my compensation package, nor had I crafted how I was going to communicate to my department about my departure, much less the company and, and the media. So I do not recommend to anyone how, to, how I exited, but at least I knew that my decision was sure and I had a peace and my husband was absolutely ecstatic. <laughs> so what ensued was something I could not have planned for or imagined. I do not tend towards depression, but that is exactly where I was. And with some therapy and prayer, I began to realize what is so obvious to me now, what, was, what Terrell touched on quite beautifully, was my identity, my self-worth, and my value were inextricably linked to my job, my title, my executive privilege, my incredible parking place, <laughs> my status, my business card. My job had become an idol, but I didn't know that. I had to leave and go through this period of change, of mourning, and depression You see, God heard my prayer for intimacy, and so as long as I was at this job, true intimacy with him was not possible. I was wrapped up and bound by the lies of our culture, which the enemy, and we do have one, had used so effectively in deceiving me into believing that more stuff, bigger titles, bigger office, more salary, great parking place, is where happiness and fulfillment lie. That Hallmark book on Jabez Prayer had incorrectly led me to believe that expanding my territory and God blessing me meant that I would have more things, greater things, lots of rewards, second homes, nicer jewelry, etc. And you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Little did I know that the next 20 years of retirement, quote, was about increased intimacy and an expanded territory that I never in a zillion years could have imagined. In many ways, the past 20 years have been some of my best. They've been surprising, and they've been really fun and challenging. The fact that I taught an undergraduate course at Carolina is beyond insane, Professor Grumbles is something I never could have imagined. I was a B student at best, and I only have a bachelor's degree. 
that I would end up running a biological field station. A, 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 no, a biological field station foundation is ridiculous. That I would move from my Atlanta home, which was finally perfect, <laughs> and my hometown for over 30 years for Chapel Hill is beyond anything that I could have or would have imagined or even prayed for. So with therapy, prayer, and God's grace and mercy, I came to a greater truth, and that is only God has the right to name me. It is God, my creator, who declares my worth and value and that if I place under his lordship my God-given gifts, talents, resources, and abilities, that is where I will and have experienced more lasting and deep fulfillment and joy. So let me state the obvious. God created you and me in his image he designed us for purpose and meaning. And guess what? Purpose and meaning do not end or stop once you retire, once the last child leaves the nest, once you sell your company, once you step down from project or board. You get my point. He created us for purpose and meaning from the day we are conceived in the womb until the day he carries us home. The gospel is the good news that Jesus came and died for us and, and saved us from sins and promised us eternal life. But I think the good news is more is, is that. It starts with that. But if you continue to peel back what that good news is, for me, for you, it is endless. And I remember Terrell was going on with a long, long list and I hope that you'll go over that list for what that means intimately and personally for you. And I'll talk a little bit about what it means intimately and personally for me. So it's interesting that Terrell twice mentioned Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I'm going to focus on 2, verse 10, which says that we are God's workmanship created in God to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. But he created these good works in Jesus. So there's a, we're going to talk a lot about in Jesus and what that means to be in Jesus. And in John 15, 8, Terrell also talked about the fruits of the Spirit. John 15, 8, Jesus tells us that we are meant to bear fruit. Figure out what that personally means for you. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, you know that, when God wants to give us hope in a future. That is what I want to spend the rest of my comments talking about. These verses are not just for the ages of 25 to 60. These are promises. These are gifts for us to claim, to celebrate, to lean into, and to explore personally what that means for you. What it means for me may be something that it means for you. But God is a personal God. He's a God of relationship. So there are lots of verses 
and I encourage you to go look at some, find out what those are for you, what your verses are, that reassure us that God is a God of purpose, meaning, and abundance, who loves to give and to bless with abundance. He is not a God of scarcity. It does not end when you retire. In some ways, it begins, it, it's a new beginning, at when whatever retirement looks like for you, whatever age that is for you. So as I said, when I retired, I got depressed. And I learned that God, I learned that it is God that I must abide in to bear fruit. And that's what John 15 is about. It is abiding in Jesus. Find out what that means. I really encourage you. I had to find out, and it took me a while. That it is God who is prepared in advance in Jesus works for us. I don't know what those works look like for you. And it was in Jeremiah that God said, seek and search for me, and I, God, will be found. So I had some reordering to do post-retirement. My depression and desire for intimacy led me to the heart of the Father and away from the messages of the world, our culture. Our culture says that to be loved, lovable, worthy, you need to, you fill in those blanks. I had to fill them in for myself. And it will be different or maybe the same for each one of you. But I had to find out what those lies were, how I had been deceived, whether by the world or just stuff I'd deceived myself with. So I had to, I had to, it took me a while. Like I said, post-retirement, I had to do some soul-searching because I really wanted intimacy. It was more intellectual then, but I knew it was a good thing to pray, right? Who wouldn't want to be intimate with God? Who wouldn't want to know Jesus really personally? So God heard that prayer. God says, come close to me. And as Terrell said, God said, follow me. But for me, I had to first come close before I could follow him. God says, come close to me, and I will give you the deep desires of your heart. My desires, I think, were more superficial, but they were desires. They were desires, but they weren't the deep desires. And as you all know, the deep desires come from God, and he will place those. They are in us. Sometimes you got to declutter to find those deep desires. God says, align yourself with me, and I will call you my son, my daughter, my beloved, and I will bless you mightily. I didn't know what that meant. Intellectually, I did, and I knew lots of verses. I'm a Presbyterian, and I'm telling you, they drill those Bible verses into you. But I never knew what they meant, and I didn't know how to claim them personally for me. But there was something about that that I wanted, and I knew I didn't really have it. So God, in his mercy, said, you want intimacy with me? I hear you. I'm going to call you to myself. But there's some stuff, Julie, that has to happen first. And that was retirement. So that was and is my journey since retiring 20 years ago. And I think and hope it will be my journey till the day God calls me home. And isn't it great? It is a journey. Post-retirement, I had something I had very little of, something I always wanted, but just couldn't get enough of, and that was time. 
So I used time. Uh, I think Tara would call it, these were my karate kid um, prep year, and they were years for me. Um, but I called them my be still and know that I am God years. And that's what I had to do. So if you look at my post-20-year stuff in the bulletin, it looks like, oh, wow, isn't that cool? I struggled. I was frustrated. At times, I was mad with God. I already told you. I was like, what is my life about? I knew what my life was like at Turner Broadcasting, and there was great stuff about it. But I'm like, okay, God. And I'm learning that for me, again, it was a lot of decluttering. But God never gave up on me. He kept wooing me to him. And I did do more. I went to conferences. And um, I did read the Bible with new eyes, which I asked him to give me new eyes. Um, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. That maybe one of the most powerful songs that I was taught as a, as a child. Anyway, um, so I had to find room for, for him. I had to get rid of the lot, a lot of the clutter and to let him in. And so, as I said, it wasn't always easy. I did struggle. Um, and I got discouraged. And God never gave up on me. He kept calling me to him. So, yes, follow me, but you got to come to me first. And so these were years, my karate kid years of learning, you know, this and this. And then I could really know more deeply intimacy with him. Um, so you see, it was out of my desperation, my confusion, my anxiety around who I was. That's the identity that Terrell talked about. I thought I was this resume. And as long as I clung on to that, I was going to be sort of this much of a person. And God is a God of abundance. So, um, so I began to, I cried out to God Again, I look at Jeremiah. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have created you in loving kindness. So I guess at the end of the day, we all need to hear this from the one who created us. The one who said and still says, come follow me. That's actually in my remarks, which is amazing. The one who can fill us to full measure the one who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I never understood that verse, not really. Talk about power. And that's another thing I learned, power. I thought I was powerful when I was at Turner Broadcasting, and I got cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. But I didn't know about the power that God says, you die to self, you come to me, you die to self, and I will fill you with abundance. I will fill you with power. I will fill you with authority. And I'm learning about authority in my journey on healing. But, and I'm learning if we decrease, he increases. 
And so that was my journey, was decreasing and learning what it meant to die to self. I had a big ego, and I had a big personality, and that served me well in the world. It really did. Um, and then God said, fine. I gave you that personality. I gave you those talents and abilities, and you've worked them pretty well, Julia. But if you want intimacy with me, come to me. Come to me. And I had to come, and now I'm in a more following mode. So when I began to actually believe and experience the truth of these verses and lots of other ones, I began to break free of the old Julia, the insecure, deluded Julia who wanted more stuff, the exhausted Julia who needed to look and appear happy and perfect. That's exhausting. And women, you know that. And the fearful Julia who was afraid of insignificance. I never, ever, ever thought that my last 20 years would turn out to be as they have turned out. God, in his mercy, delivered me from a predictable, safe, uninspired, depressing half-life. My last 20 years have been anything but that. God gets the praise and credit for the richness of my past 20 years. And what I had to do, I had to do some work. But I had to trust him. I had to believe him that he really, really loved me. And he would take care of me in my retired years. And now for those blessed words, in conclusion, I have no idea where you are in your journey. Don't let the end of a certain phase of your life level off at a place less than what God has planned for you. With, reti with retirement comes lots and lots of changes, challenges, and yeah, some aches and pains, but it also comes with tons of opportunities that you may not have even thought of or imagined. At this point in your life, you have the blessing, blessings, excuse me, of time, experience, wisdom, resources, connections, natural gifts and abilities, and faith. When I look out at this audience, I see an amazing group of people who have been mightily blessed. And I also can just think of so many things that all of us can do. This world is a broken world. It is a broken world, and you've been blessed with so much. That's the good news, the way that you have been blessed. So recognize this extraordinary moment in your life with a new narrative. We've heard the old narrative. I mean, it is old and it's not true. I mean, some of it is, but the narrative is wrong. Well, purpose and meaning go on to eternity. So be done with lesser things. Your God-given DNA has designed you for purpose and meaning. Abide in God and find out what that means for you. It meant a lot for me. 
You think about God as the vine and what the vine provides. He is still the vine. Ask him with expectation how you are to bear fruit. Ask him how he wants to bless you. You, his workmanship, you, his crowning jewel. And see what doors he wants to open for you. God is a God of intimacy. In this appointed season of your life, he surely wants to make his face to shine upon you, to show you his favor, and to fill you to fullness with the fullness of him. When I think about that, I think I'm about to pop. The fullness. What does that mean? I didn't know what that meant, but it's, it, and it's still ongoing. He is inviting you and me to rediscover him in new, exciting, and meaningful and purposeful ways. It's an exciting, fun, fulfilling, and enriching journey. It, you will have struggles. There will be disappointments and frustrations. But I will just continue to encourage me, which God encourages all of us, continue to abide in him, come to him, and follow him, which was the message that Terrell gave. It's also the message that God continues to give all of us over and over and over again. And it's a wild, fun ride. So thank you for indulging me. Um, and just, just thank you for inviting me to be here. God bless you. To learn more about Holy Trinity Anglican Church and our 60-plus ministry, I invite you to visit the church's website at htcraleigh.org.